how to optimize your podcasting studio for good audio. Welcome to The Audacity to Podcast, episode 239. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. Whatever space that you use for podcasting, recording your audio or video podcasts, we're going to call that your studio. I know it could be your closet, it could be your basement, it could be a spare bedroom, it could be your garage, it could be in your car, it could be in a shed in your backyard, it could be your backyard, a coffee shop, whatever the case, we're going to call that your studio because you need to treat that as your studio and keep that in mind mentally, this is your studio even if it's not a fancy acoustically treated space and all of that. But there are certain things that you can do to improve the sound of your podcasts recorded in your, quote, studio, unquote. And I'm not going to put studio in quotes for the rest of this episode. So I have six tips that will help you improving your audio that you get in your studio, whatever kind of studio space you're working with. You can follow along in the show notes for episode 239 at com slash studio audio. Number one, move away from noise. Number two, move noise away from you. Number three, stop using noisy things. Number four, point your microphones away from noise. Number five, reduce reverb. And number six, consider in-studio co-hosts. You can definitely see some weight here on the noise factor. Because noise is the biggest problem that most of us might encounter with our podcast, and it's the biggest thing that can cause a problem in recording our podcast and the quality and professionalism of our podcasts. So I am spending a lot of attention on helping you with reducing the noise in your podcasting, and that's reducing the noise before you record. So number one, move away from noise. This is really the easiest way to help reduce noise in your studio is if you can simply move away from whatever is creating that noise. It could be an appliance like a refrigerator or an air conditioner. It could be outside noise coming through your window. It could be a neighbor. It could be anything else in your house, plumbing, anything really. And if you can't turn these things off, it's not always a good idea to turn off your refrigerator. You might forget to turn it back on. Try to move as far away from these as possible. And if you can, get many layers between you and whatever is making that noise. Walls, closed doors, curtains, anything like that that can put more in between you and whatever is creating the noise. And then you try to get away from that noise as much as is practically possible. This could even mean that a different room is more ideal for your recording than the room that you think you want to use. I remember doing some sound samples in my house before. I have currently a bi-level home, which is basically a two-story home where most of the living is done on the second floor, but you enter the house in between the two stories, and there's this little landing, and then you have a halfway stairway going up and a half stairway going down. 
that's what a buy level is. And it seems like it's state mandated in Kentucky. They're all over the place. And my wife and I are getting sick of buy levels. But that aside, in this buy level house, I have my studio space currently in the basement of this buy level. It's a family room, carpeted, large room, about the size of a one car garage almost. It's some nice, decent space, but it is near the heater and air conditioner. And when the heater and air conditioner are running, not only do I hear the actual units that are only a couple walls away from me, but the vent in this room is actually louder than the vents in some of the other bedrooms. So at one point, I did think of moving my studio to one of the other rooms so that the air conditioner can continue to run in the background without causing background noise. But in my current setup, the way that I worked around that is I've moved my desk a little bit so that now I'm farther away from the air conditioner vent when it runs. But also I now have Wi-Fi control over my heater air conditioner so I can simply turn it off while I'm recording. This is number one, move away from the noise. Number two, move the noise away from you. Yes, this sounds like one of those jokes. In Soviet Russia, noise moves away from you. Uh, uh. It could be your hard drive that has the spinning disks, it could be computer fans, it could be speakers, it could be light bulbs, it could be anything like that that's making noise that you can't really move away from it, but maybe you can move it away from you. For example, your computer. If you're familiar with live streaming, then you probably notice that your computer will start to rev up and get a lot hotter and thus increase its fan speed, thus making more noise in your audio recording whenever you're live streaming. So instead of having that noise maker of a computer with a fan blowing really loudly or a hard drive spinning or anything like that really close to your microphone, try moving it away from you. It might be a little uncomfortable. You can't reach the keyboard or you can't reach the mouse, but maybe that's not very important during your live streaming because you can either simply see the chat room or you are there to present your information and not to have a conversation. And so you can't at that moment engage while you're recording the actual audio from you. You could even consider moving your streaming computer into another room and running uh, an extension cable for your webcam, if you have an external webcam, over to where you are. So that way the noisemaker is in a different room and in your room where you are, where people can still see you, they won't hear that computer going in the background. Or the same thing could be with a hard drive. Like I have an external hard drive that whenever it is powered, it's making some noise because some part of it is spinning. When I am recording, I'll unplug that, especially when I'm recording video because that noise is just barely loud enough that my lavalier microphone picks it up when I'm recording video for some of the other projects that I do and products that I create. So this is tip number two. Move the noise away from you. Number three, stop using noisy things. Your mice, your keyboards, your chair, your pens that you have, clothing that you wear, light bulbs that are in your studio space, these can all make noise. And the amount of noise that actually makes its way into your microphone may surprise you. It surprises you sometimes what doesn't make its way in as well as what does make its way in. This may mean that you'll end up having to do something a little less comfortable. Maybe you need to use a less comfortable chair, wear some less comfortable clothing. Maybe you can't use that really nice mouse you like, but you need to use a touchpad 
that's quieter and don't click on the touchpad but just tap it most touchpads can do that a tap works as a click or it could also mean turning off the fans or the heater or air conditioner or anything like that that's making you more comfortable yes we sometimes have to suffer for our craft but i think you'll be happy with the result when you're not using these noisy things and your audio turns out much better than before so this is number three stop using noisy things Number four, point your microphone or microphones away from the noise. When you can't distance yourself or your microphone from the noise in any particular way and you can't turn it off, at least point your microphone away from the source of that noise. I'm really excited to be making a big move for myself, for my podcast, for my business, for my podcast studio. I will be moving from my basement studio into office space that I will be renting and I have signed a one-year lease in northern Kentucky. I'm really excited about what I can do with the space and I will be documenting the process of moving into it, setting it up, a lot of really cool things going on. But there's one problem with the space that I have. It is right next to a very large interstate And interstates, unlike standard roads, interstates seem to constantly emit noise. So this big glass window in the office space does have traffic noise coming through it. And unfortunately, I'm on the side of a building that does face the interstate. I do have the option if something ever opens up that I could move to the other side of the building. But until then, I do have this problem. That noise is coming in through the window, and it's a constant noise, a low rumble. Some of that I might be able to filter out, but the main way that I'll be working with that in order to prevent that noise from making its way into the microphone is simply pointing the microphone away from that space. Let me illustrate for you in in basic principle how this works. Most microphones that podcasters are using Uh, as we recommend, would be a dynamic microphone. And those are usually end-fire or cardioid pickup patterns, which essentially means it picks up what's coming near the end of the microphone, not what is coming from the sides of the microphone or behind the microphone. Condenser microphones can also come in cardioid pickup patterns, but usually you'll see them with a wider pickup pattern like omnidirectional or something. And the nature of condenser microphones also means that they tend to pick up more around them than a dynamic microphone would. But I'm talking into a Heil PR40 right now, which is really nicely designed to prevent background noise from behind the microphone. And I will illustrate this for you by, as I continue to talk, I'll let you know what position I am in around the microphone. I'll go from being in front of the microphone like I am right now to talking into the side of the microphone to then talking into the back of the microphone back to the side, then back to the front again. And you'll be able to hear the difference in the volume level, the difference in the dynamic of the sound and everything. And imagine then that my voice is that background noise and how different it is simply by pointing my microphone in different directions. And to ensure this is a totally fair example, I've turned off my compressor limiter gate. So the gate is not closing when the audio is too quiet. So you will hear whatever noise And at one point, you are going to hear my computer fan as my microphone points more toward it. So right now, I am talking into my microphone in front of the microphone. Now I'm talking to the side of the microphone. 
I am at an exact uh, perpendicular angle from the microphone, 90 degrees, talking into the side of it. This is the Heil Pure 40. Now I'm talking into the back of the microphone. I'm, you really can't hear me much, if really at all. Now I'll go back to the side of the microphone. This is 90 degrees from the side of the microphone. And I will continue to talk as I slowly turn the microphone back around to pointing directly at my face. And here I am back directly in front of the microphone. Turn my compressor limiter gate back on. And now it's working as usual. So as you could tell, my voice dramatically dropped in volume simply by being a different direction from the microphone. So when you point your microphone away from whatever is creating that noise, then that's one way that you can seriously reduce how much noise is making its way into your microphone. There are other issues to consider with this, like reverb, and I'll talk more about that in just a moment. But it is possible that whatever noise is coming from behind the microphone could be bouncing off whatever's behind you and then coming back into the front of the microphone. Although your body is a little bit in the way of that. And there are other things that you can do to help reduce that from happening. And I'll cover that in just a moment. This is also very important if you have in-studio co-hosts. And I'll talk more about them in a moment. But if you have two microphones or several microphones in your studio... It's best for you to have the microphones pointing away from each other, not in the same direction. So that would mean sitting directly across from your co-host or mostly across from your co-host instead of sitting right next to your co-host. If you're sitting next to your co-host, their voice might be leaking more into your microphone and your voice leaking into their microphone. But if they're directly across from you, then their voice will be less likely to make its way into your microphone and your voice less likely to make its way into their microphone. Do keep reverb in mind. And I'll talk more about that in a moment. But by pointing the microphones away from each other, you're preventing that crossover from happening between them. It's a great way with whatever space to reduce some of that crossover and a little bit of an echo or reverb that you get as a result of using multiple microphones. So this is number four, point your microphones away from the noise. Now, when you do this, if you have multiple microphones, do consider whatever reverb you might be introducing by having multiple microphones pointing in multiple directions. Thus, tip number five, reduce the reverb. Although background noise is the biggest problem you should try to reduce, and that's why I've spent four points here talking about reducing the background noise in your studio, the most common problem that podcasters face in their quote studios unquote is reverberation or as commonly referred to and abbreviated as reverb reverb is when audio bounces off surrounding surfaces and mix together but it doesn't result in a distinct echo for example when you walk into a bathroom where there's plenty of porcelain or linoleum or like tile or something like that and you start singing in that or in a stairwell or anything like that what you're hearing back is reverb. You can't distinguish any particular words, but you are hearing noise bouncing off all of these surfaces, making its way back to your ears. An echo is where you do hear whatever sound you make repeated back to you. Like imagine shouting into a large space, a cave, a stadium that is closed in, 
or a canyon, something like that. Hello, 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 hello. That's an echo. But the reverb is when you can't hear the distinct sound coming back to you. And reverb is what we most commonly face in our studio spaces. And it can sometimes be the hardest problem to solve. The first step, though, to reducing reverb has nothing to do with your space, but with your mic technique. Get closer to your microphone. The farther away you are from the microphone, the more you have to turn up the microphone's gain, and thus imagine a bubble around your microphone expanding, and so it's picking up more noise inside that bubble, and that more noise and the larger bubble might include audio that's bouncing off all of the surfaces around you that's picking up the reverb then. So get closer to your microphone. I recommend being about a fist width away from your microphone, depending on the particular microphone that you're using. Lavalier microphones are harder to get closer to your actual mouth because you can't clip something to your lip for speaking. And you can get certain headset mics, but that might not look as good for video. And sometimes the audio quality of those isn't as good as a studio microphone would be, one of those big, large diaphragm microphones and such. But you do still want to get as close to that microphone as possible, and that will significantly reduce the room reverb. I will illustrate here, again, I will turn off my compressor limiter gate to make this a fair comparison. The compressor limiter gate is now off, and I am currently about a fist width away from my Heil PR40. I will move about two feet away and adjust the gain accordingly so that you'll hear the difference and you will hear a lot more reverb in this. Now I'm about two feet away from the microphone and you can hear a definite difference in the sound. For one thing, you're hearing my computer more because I had to turn up the gain. You're also hearing the sound bouncing off my walls quite a bit more, bouncing off my computer monitor in front of me, bouncing off all of these flat surfaces that I have. You can also hear a lot more if I make other noise, like adjusting my clothing, uh, rubbing my hands together, maybe a jet passing overhead, traffic outside. Because I'm so far away from the microphone, that bubble of audio that it's picking up has increased thus reducing the audio quality by allowing in all of this reverb. And now I'm back in front of the microphone about a fist width away. I turned the gain down and I turned my compressor limiter gate back on. You will sometimes see in professional recording studios that they're not as close to their microphones as podcasters will typically be. But the key thing I said there is professional recording studios where they have treated the room perfectly for acoustics. So it's okay for them to be farther away from the microphone because they've treated everything so that audio doesn't bounce off the walls and make its way back into the microphones and reduce the quality of the audio. And they've done all of this stuff, invested a lot of money into making this space ideal. You don't have to make your studio a perfect professional recording studio, but I do recommend that you work on reducing the reverb in that. And the first technique is to get closer to the microphone. But then beyond that, there are ways that you can optimize your space to treat it for good acoustics for your audio recording. First, look at any flat surfaces in your room and try to reduce or cover those up in some way. For example, if you have hardwood or tile floors or any kind of hard floor, 
put carpet or rugs on the floor. Even towels or blankets could really help. This is a reason there are certain restaurants I hate going to. They are so loud simply because they have hard floors. Take a note of that. The loud restaurants usually have hard floors. I also don't like going to networking events where there are hard floors because that means there's not as much there to absorb the sound as if there were soft floors, carpets and such. So whatever your space is, if you can't afford to put carpet in that space, consider simply a rug, something like that, or a blanket that you put down on the floor, even towels that you temporarily lay out on the floor, that would significantly help reduce that reverb because a flat floor is a giant flat surface creating reverb. Also look at your walls and what options you might have to cover them up or make them not as flat anymore. Like you could put soft furniture in the room, couches, bookshelves, uh, clothing, hanging up, anything like that. You could hang things from the walls like t-shirts or posters or pictures, picture frames, or there are other cool things that you can do like canvas paintings and such that really help to reduce the reverb coming from your wall. It could be that you put curtains instead of simply blinds over your windows, or you hang a sheet or a blanket over your window, or hang a sheet or blanket around your space, or hang it on the walls, anything like that. Really, any way that you can make the space around you not as flat. Think of something like the F-117 Stealth Fighter. There is hardly any flat space on that airplane, because that's what they need to do for it to be a stealthy airplane is so that it's not reflecting signals bounced off of it as well. And it's deflecting them, pointing them in different directions. So look at how you can do that with your same space. If you look at professional recording studios, you'll typically see that their walls aren't exactly perpendicular. There might be angles in the walls. Maybe it's not a perfect square, but it's a triangle or a circle or something odd like that. Or maybe the ceiling, instead of being flat, it's at an angle or one particular wall, like a window, instead of being a flat 90 degrees, is at a slight angle, like a five degree off angle or something like that, that prevents that sound from bouncing right back into the microphone. So consider doing something like opening a closet if you have one, putting furniture in your room, hanging up blankets, uh, anything like that. Some of this stuff can also conceal ugly looking things like maybe hanging a blanket behind you will look better than seeing a messy room behind you or a plain wall or open window or something like that. And it can also significantly help reduce the reverb. And this is easy to do without spending a lot of money. Depending on your microphone, you may even get some reverb from the computer monitor that's directly in front of you. This is one that many people might not think of. Now, flat panel monitors are not as much of a culprit as the old CRT glass monitors are because a CRT monitor, it has that glass front, which is hard, flat, very smooth, doesn't have much give to it. So it deflects and reflex the audio very well from that. And some laptops also have a very smooth flat surface, but some larger monitors might have something that's a bit more spongy in a way or a bit more rough. Whatever the case, you could try some little tests to see if 
your monitor is causing a problem. And what you could do simply is if your monitor is causing a problem and it's bouncing some of the audio back to your microphone, it might mean all you need to simply do is point your microphone a little bit differently so that the bottom or the back of the microphone is facing the monitor and no part of the front is anywhere near the monitor. But it could also be that you angle the monitor just slightly. Think of it as a mirror. You'd want to angle it so you no longer see your own reflection in that mirror. And then the audio would work the same way. So the audio would bounce off of it and then be deflected to somewhere else in the room and then maybe absorbed by something else. So this is number five, reduce reverb by looking at ways that you can reduce those flat surfaces in your room or adding things that will absorb the sound. When I set up my new studio space, I'll be using some rather cheap stuff to try to reduce the reverb in the room because the reverb is quite bad, perfectly flat walls, flat ceiling, very square room, and I can't do a lot of construction, but I will be hanging up some stuff on the walls to try to reduce the reverb, and I'll certainly let you see and hear how that's working in solving that problem. If you're interested in seeing all this stuff, by the way, the best thing to do would be to ensure you're following me on Twitter at The Ramen Noodle, as well as subscribed to my email list, which you can get at theaudacitypodcast.com. That's most likely where you would see me do something. Maybe I'll be live streaming on Blab or Periscope when I'm setting up spaces. Maybe I'll be sharing something out, sharing some findings as I'm experimenting with some stuff. I might not necessarily produce a full video to publish on YouTube and such. So make sure that you're following those couple places to discover what I do to try to solve my space as well as moving into the space and improving the reverb there. This is number five, reduce reverb. Number six, consider your in-studio co-hosts. You might get your studio space set up perfectly for your own workstation and your own microphone, but then when you add an in-studio co-host, it could significantly complicate things because now you have another microphone pointing in a different direction, and that could result in uh, crossover noise. It could result in generating more noise. Maybe your co-host is bringing some kind of noise generator with them, like their computer or something else. And you also have the potential of reverb now that you have a microphone pointing in a different direction, and there's now a noise source, your co-host, also coming from a different direction as well. And This could be another problem, depending on your setup. If your co-host is next to you, you might be tempted to turn your head to talk to them. And you turn your head directly. I'll illustrate that for you. My microphone is currently pointing at me from slightly to my right, but I will turn my head all the way to the left as if I was looking at a co-host sitting directly to the left, and then I'll talk to someone as if they're sitting directly to my right. Again, to make this a fair comparison, I have just now turned off my compressor limiter gate. Now I'm looking to the left, talking to someone that who is not really there. Now I'm looking to my right and talking to someone who is also not there. And now I'm looking straight ahead. And I've just turned my compressor limiter gate back on. If you turn your head like that, you are turning your noise source, your voice, away from the microphone. And thus the microphone is not going to pick up your voice. The way to work around this is with good mic technique, where instead of 
turning your head on your neck. You pivot your head or your whole body around the microphone a little bit. So imagine that there is this ball at the end of the microphone and your lips are stuck to that ball. And the only way to move is moving around that ball while you keep your lips on that ball. That's what you need to do while you pivot around to look at your co-hosts so that they can hear you fully. I am pivoting around my microphone right now and it's not changing the dynamics of my voice very much. It is changing it some, but not nearly as much as if I'd looked fully to the left or fully to the right. That's a new problem that you could have if you have in-studio co-hosts. So that's why I recommend that you have your in-studio co-host sitting across from you or as much across from you as possible. If you have two in-studio co-hosts, try to sit in a triangle or try to think about it as if it's the Knights of the Round Table. You're sitting around looking at each other as much as possible. That way you don't have to turn your heads much. And it also helps with your microphone placement because then your microphones are pointing generally away from each other as opposed to multiple microphones pointing in the exact same direction, which you might have if you were sitting next to your co-hosts. So this is tip number six, consider in-studio co-hosts. Again, you can follow along with these tips and try these yourself in the show notes for episode 239 at com slash studio audio. These tips are number one, move away from the noise. Number two, move the noise away from you. Number three, stop using noisy things. Number four, point your microphone away from the noise. Number five, reduce reverb. And number six, consider your in-studio co-hosts. I'd love to get your thoughts on this and experience, so please comment on the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash studio audio. I'm going to continue this as a very short series of episodes that in the next episode, I'll be talking about how to set up your podcasting studio for good video, because some of us like to do video, either a video podcast or some video on YouTube and such. And this is more than preparing yourself for video, like I've talked about before, but about preparing your space for video. Everything I've described here in preparing your podcasting studio for audio does apply to your video podcast, because the most important aspect of video is audio. So if you get your audio right, then your video will sound much better. And then you can add that extra layer of improving your podcasting studio for video. So that will be in the next episode, number 240, as I will be in my new space recording that episode as long as the move goes well for me. And I might have some more videos coming out very soon from that space because I've got a lot of really cool equipment to review and discuss and some new things that I want to do that I can't do in my current space, but that I'll be doing soon in my other space. And then on another episode, I'll add on to this little mini series, will be preparing your podcasting studio for productivity. The kinds of things that you need to do to ensure that you can do what you need to do, the work you need to do, and how you can manage your space to get stuff done. Once again, please go to the show notes for episode 239 at slash studio audio and share that out. Click those tweet buttons, those Pinterest and Google Plus buttons, and all of that, and share it out with others. 
Coming up on October 22nd, I'm excited to offer the next free webinar for Podcaster Society. It will be with Todd from the podcast from founder to CEO, and we'll be talking about Instagram and email lists and podcast sponsorships and how he is really doing some amazing things with his podcast. Now, it's not a top 10 podcast. It's not extremely popular, but he is doing amazing things, and that's what Podcasters Society is really about connecting with amazing podcasters and helping you to make your podcast amazing. So you will be able to go to podcasterssociety.com slash free webinar to register for that. And you can watch the webinar live on October 22nd at 3 p.m. Eastern time, or you'll be able to get the replay for a short time after that, as long as you've registered to watch the webinar. But after that, that replay then becomes part of Podcaster Society and exclusive to members of Podcaster Society. But if you'd like to be a member, this is also your chance to join Podcaster Society. So on October 22nd, I will open registration for Podcaster Society for only 48 hours. This will be your chance to get in and learn to grow your podcast from average to amazing. We've got about 60 members there in the society, podcasters from all aspects, but Podcaster Society is about everything you need after episode one. We've been focusing on improving content and have some great great webinars going on there for Podcaster Society. You can go to the website podcasterssociety.com to learn more about Podcaster Society, as well as joining the waiting list for when the registration opens and registering for that free webinar coming up on October 22nd, 3 p.m., with Todd from the podcast from founder to CEO. I'm really looking forward to that. This will be a fun conversation because Todd is not a famous podcaster, but he's doing amazing things. And that's why I want to talk to him. And I think that you will learn a lot from the conversation and it will be a lot of fun too. So that webinar will be free on Thursday, October 22nd, 3 p.m. Eastern time and register for that over at podcasterssociety.com. I'd love to help you with improving your podcast. So if you need any help fixing a problem, upgrading something, or you want help getting started podcasting, I'm still available for one-on-one consulting. And I have some really cool things coming out in the near future that I can't announce yet, but I'm really looking forward to announcing that will be very soon because I can do those kinds of things in my new space once I moved in. So please contact me through the website, and that's also where you can go if you have any questions or comments for this episode or future episodes of the podcast, and to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, and all of that great stuff. It's all at theaudacitytopodcast.com, and the show notes for this episode number 239 at com slash studio audio. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, It's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success, even if that is from the closet of your bedroom. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitytopodcast.com and The Ramen Noodle on Twitter. Thank you for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. 
Find more at techpodcasts.com.